0: Every time I sit down with somebody who has life experience, I'm always blessed and I'm always learning. So anybody out there, please understand that your life experiences have huge power uh, if you're brave enough to share
1: them. Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice, nor your own sound judgment. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio, where we inspire you to remember your magnificence. Join the conversation on our live streams. Head on over to Angel Heart Radio on Facebook. And there's even more for you on angellight777.com. Beautiful
2: people, welcome to Angel Heart Radio. We have such a powerful program for you today, a very important program. Um, we're going to be talking about understanding depression care and support as well. And it's my great privilege and joy to welcome regular guest, Philip Duxfield from Rogue Therapies here on Facebook. Hi, Philip. Thank you for having me on again and now Always a pleasure to be here with you. Always fun. And and beautiful too for us, Philip, because, you know, we're really excited and privileged and grateful to share really important information With people, and the fact that you can come forward from your professional capacity as well uh, with your um, services on rogue therapies. This helps us in a very specific way because it's not just us sitting and chatting. You have clinical experience, you have personal experience of helping people daily with so many issues. So, this is brilliant, Philip.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, And, uh, G, practicing for 12 years and helping people daily it's still I'm always very humbled to sit down and think to I hope there is something we can offer I hope we can give some people some some aspect of, of, of hope just to to get through difficult times and this chemical depression that happens uh, we we try from a position of love don't we we just try we do
2: and it's really great because it's. I like the fact that you feel that, Philip. I think this is very important, everyone, and I bet you do too, because it's not about a thinking process. It's not a cerebral process. And we have to understand, Philip, don't we, that when we are helping people to identify depression or deal with depression in any way, and I mean, I certainly have no qualifications to do this, everyone. I don't claim to have any. I've just done a hell of a lot of work on myself over the past 30 years. So I come from that position. Um, We understand that this is a matter of head, heart, body, emotions. There's so much going on here. Spirituality, there's so many aspects, aren't there?
0: Yes, yes. And uh, let me honor your qualifications for a second, there, because despite the fact that I've done the paperwork and gotten my certificates, every time I sit down with somebody who has life experience, I'm always blessed and I'm always learning. So anybody out there, please understand that your life experiences have huge power uh, if you're brave enough to share them uh, for your edification and for the edification of those around you who may be suffering.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Philip, very much. And I think this is important, you know, that this point that you raise is important um, because it takes a lot of courage to take this journey. It takes a hell of a lot of courage. So well done, everyone. The fact that you're here, the fact that you're um, moving forward, the fact that you're watching, listening, maybe on the podcast, if you're watching on our Facebook Lives, or perhaps you're reading books, you're uh, exploring in different ways with other places as well. You know, this is a great journey, and I'm really grateful that we can support you today. So, Philip, um, I'm going to hand over to you for a few minutes. I forgot to set up the restream. I'm going to go do that. Um, Let's start getting into understanding first depression. You know, what is depression? How does it come about, Uh, et cetera?
0: Thank you, Anaya. Look, um, I... As you do, the first thing you want to do, or the first thing people gravitate towards when they're trying to understand something like this for the first time, if you don't have an inherent or experiential understanding of it, is you go straight to Dr. Google. So that's what I did. I went straight to Dr. Google. And I was like, what what can anybody out there on the World Wide Web tell me about what depression is and where it comes from and how to understand it? And there's so much vagary Around it, still to this day, a lot of websites will just go, "Oh, we don't know." <laughs> Ask for help; it's always a good idea, which, which it is. Uh, but boy, what? So perhaps what a great place to just start this whole journey and say, "What are we talking about?" And we talk about depression. First of all, yeah, people will say, uh, "Am I just sad or am I depressed?" Um, where is the overlap? Where does one become the other? Um, Of course, this is very, very difficult to ascertain. Some people will always qualify depression as being more of a a long term chemical thing. And certainly, we've seen that in cases of depression, particularly successfully treating depression, it is a very long term chemical thing. That is not to sort of downplay the significance of prolonged sadness, though some people may get in and out of depression only ever having consciously experienced it as prolonged sadness and some people may get mm. a sudden sudden sadness which they'll go and talk to a professional about and they'll be like hands down you've you've got depression let's start treating it as it is yeah thoughts uh, so far
2: I, I really like that because sometimes we are just extremely sad Uh, We're not necessarily depressed, but there can come a crossover for people and understanding how to tell the difference. Am I sad? I've been sad for such a long time, right? Am I sad or am I depressed? This can be a really great area of understanding for people, Philip.
0: Yes, yes, certainly. How do we
2: tell the difference?
0: uh, Well, perhaps it's best not to worry so much about telling the difference. If you've been sad for a few days or if you've been sad for a few months, if you've been sad for a few hours, but I'm like, wow, I've never felt this sad before. um, Surely the best thing to do at that point is the same thing. Go and find someone, even if it's just a trusted friend and go, do you have a minute? Because I feel sad and something about me is saying, it's not good. It's not right. I'm feeling, I don't know weakened or challenged, especially if you think about, should I talk to somebody about it? And that big voice in your head which says, how dare you even consider being vulnerable? <laughs> That's probably yeah. a great time then to start talking yeah. to people about it. Yeah? What do you think?
2: Especially, especially, oh, before we go any further, guys, Angel Heart Radio programs are not to be used to replace your legal, medical, nor any professional advice or your own sound judgment. Um, Especially, Philip, now this is not to... Disrespect parents because hey, we are all learning as parents, we are all challenged as parents, right? But especially when, um, and I've done this myself as a parent, what are you crying for? Stop that, stop that now because we're getting triggered, right? And we just want to stop it, and we just want to see our kids happy, we want to have that balance returned as quickly as possible. So sometimes this can happen as well. So if you have had that, you know, you know, you know, boys don't cry, or you know, wake up to yourself, there, you know, there are people far worse off than you in the world my 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 girl or my boy that type of thing um this can then shut us down so as we go through our lives we then feel believe and automatically have that trigger that says i can't share my true feelings Mm. so that can be a challenge as well
0: yeah yeah i I think we've touched on that a few times in the past haven't we just how important also how difficult it can be to just ask for help um, and we probably could spend a whole session talking about that couldn't we where oh, well, vulnerability sheesh. comes from and how mm. hard the, the many ways in which we try to allow us or try to protect ourselves from ever becoming vulnerable so we can mm. i don't know we can save face perhaps in our peers always look like we have it all together for
2: many years i <laughs> did that for many years i was the life and soul of every party i was the comedy queen um and it took me a long time to realize that you know i was covering up for a start but then later it also took me time to understand like for example when my brother stephen died at 22 um, through suicide Um, I was an absolute mess at the funeral, but at the week afterwards, I was on. I had every joke. I was laughing. I was just in the spotlight, you know, and looking back, I got really shamed about that. I thought, oh, my God, people must have thought I didn't care. But then after I got through that initial fear of being judged, I began to understand that that was my coping mechanism.
0: Your coping mechanism. Okay.
2: Yeah. That's how was, I got through. I couldn't take the pain. I couldn't take the sadness. It even, I can feel it in me now. You know, I couldn't take it. So yeah. the only way I knew how to get through that day was to laugh it off, to crack a lot yeah. of jokes.
0: Yeah, that was just you taking a break from processing the grief. Hmm.
2: It was yeah. me. It was actually me processing the grief in public, in private, as soon as everybody went, Boom then I was in tears then I was sobbing but I just couldn't deal with showing my feelings in public like that yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd done that at the funeral and it was so raw Philip that I just needed to step back and do this in private yeah,
0: um, yeah. so if yeah. Just, let's just take a moment to say there's no right or wrong way to process grief hey as long as you take time to process it it has yep. to be done some point yeah
2: that's right and that's a great point so you know if you're experiencing anything like this yourselves everyone please understand that as philip's just pointed out there's no right way there's only our way and reaching out to a trusted friend um, reaching out there are many organizations uh, available here in australia we have beyond blue Org. We have Lifeline in the USA. I'm not sure. I've, I've looked at different places, everyone. And I'll tell you one place I did find, I can't say that I know anything about it, but there is a place called mhanational.org and you can find support groups there. So again, I'm not plugging it because I don't know it, but I feel I need to offer you something where well, you can look yourself or Google depression support. Um hmm. you know, it is it is very important. It's vital, actually, to get some support, Philip.
0: And perhaps it's a good time to mention now as, as much as there are wonderful and effective support networks out there, which is one of the good things about the, the, the online world we live in, um, sometimes the most effective thing you can do to process grief is to take some time to be alone and actually just reach out to your higher power and just go, I need some, I need oh, someone to, to reach up and, and, and go in me that sometimes the answer isn't like in the form of a person or a organization. Sometimes it's just between you and, and it's, you know?
2: Yep. Yep. Look, we've got Amy uh, watching. We have Belinda watching. We have Edith watching and others. Welcome everyone. Amy shares in the comment section on the live stream. If you want to share, please make a comment in this live stream on the angel heart radio facebook page Uh, sadness or depression it is so important to take the time to allow it to unfold and be present with it even though we all want to snap out of it or make it seem like things are okay for the comfort of other people this is so true amy and philip as you just said sometimes we need to in my case when my parents Um, both left the planet I was just devastated and I was shocked actually at how deeply I felt wounded because I felt like so alone and lost I went into my inner child I just felt like an orphaned five-year-old one of the things that happened for me was I went to what you said I went to prayer I went straight to prayer and it didn't make me feel any better But I knew from many years of experience that that would come, just handing over, reaching out, sobbing it out, crying it out with, for me, God, it might be something else for you guys watching. And the angels just was enough to help me.
0: Mm, Yeah, Mm. and it's a really good point as well. When you're processing these difficult emotions, uh, sometimes and when you're a therapist, sometimes you feel like your job is I make people cry because sometimes that's all you do. They come to you, they cry, they go home. <laughs> it could feel like yep. sometimes it feels empowering. Sometimes it feels miserable. And sometimes people go, oh, I've got to go see Phil again and he's going to make me feel awful. But that's that's kind of the job at the time if you're processing grief is yep. setting aside time to feel awful because that's what processing grief feels like. And yeah, sometimes you need a break. Absolutely you need a break. Like so. Some people yeah. process it all at once and they're an absolute mess and it's gone. And some people are like, oh, that's, that's all I can handle today. And I'm like, well, that's, that's great. You did something, you faced that dark place. Absolutely. Yeah, fantastic.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, what happens for, okay, so we're talking about recognized depression here when you know that, okay, I'm either sad or depressed, or someone in your family or a friend. What are the steps we can take if it's someone, out? it's not us? What can we do if it's a friend, for example, or a family member that might offer some support for them?
0: Uh, support for people going through depression.
2: Yes, that we recognise. I think this person's depressed.
0: Yes, it's, it's hard to overlook the significance of those three little words, are you okay? That's really... I think it's the best and the most succinct way to say to a person, I'm recognising in you that you may be dealing with something. I'm recognising that there perhaps is a difference in your usual demeanour, your usual behaviours. I'm I'm witnessing that I may need to show you some concern or I may need to offer you a new level of support. All that stuff could be summed up and just pulling someone aside and going, hey, are you okay? something maybe seems up if it's not fine if you don't talk about it great but just maybe picking up on something
2: yeah sometimes being recognized like that isn't it hey i'm noticing i'm noticing you feel you you seem pretty down lately or you're struggling i'm around if you want to talk
0: mm. and i tell you what, what
2: you say yeah that are you okay
0: yeah sometimes one of the major thought processes that people get stuck into when they're getting into that place of persistent depression is they'll have that thought that says no one's noticing me no one cares no one understands so what a perfect way to challenge that in someone's life by pulling the side and saying are you okay because then all of those negative thoughts have just been destroyed in three words and five seconds so yeah. instantly powerful right yeah.
2: Exactly. And I mean, even if the person says, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Just didn't sleep well last night. got a bit of a headache. And you know, it's more than that. The fact that you've asked, you don't have to push it in my experience, Philip. And I want to know from your professional standpoint about this. Sometimes it's enough to just say, oh, okay, if you need anything, I'm here and just keep checking in
1: with that person.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I've um, I've had the opportunity to to work alongside some people in my company um, and they will go out and pick up clients at their house. And some of these people have been dealing with depression through uh, some of them have an adult diagnosis of bipolar. And by the time that's been diagnosed, they've already lost their family, their, their wife, their job, some their, their savings. And they can be in this depressive place for years. And I'll be sending a person along to knock on their door and saying, hey, we're we going out today. So one of the first things I'll say is boy, get get ready to be told no a lot. Because <laughs> that's it's just the way it goes. You might drive an hour down to them, knock on their door, say, How are we gonna do today? And they might say no. All you can say is great, see you next week.
1: Yeah, just gotta accept right.
0: them wherever they are, whatever they can offer you at the time, but make sure you keep turning up. No pressure, but don't stop turning up yeah
2: exactly you know it just reminds me of this wonderful woman um with at my children's school we didn't know each other terribly well our kids were in the same class um but I remember this one day I had this terrible migraine and I was really struggling to keep it together and it was time to pick up the kids and I thought what am I going to do I can't drive and I thought I think I can ask this lady. So I asked her and she said, yes. And she said, how about I take Erin back to my house? You know, Lily would love a play date. How about we do that? That'd be great. So we did that. I said, well, thank you so much. And the next thing, when it was time for Erin to come, she bought a home, but she also bought dinner. (laughs) And that was just, that just changed everything in a second for me because suddenly even though she didn't really know me, she didn't ask me what was going on, she didn't offer any advice, she supported me. I suddenly had support.
0: Mm. And do you think perhaps there, there may have been just those little niggling thoughts going, oh, I've just got to do it on my own, no one's oh, going to who will reach out? And then as soon as somebody says, I can do this, all of those negative thoughts are just challenged and gone,
1: yeah? Yeah.
2: Yep, absolutely, because that's my MO. Well, I can do it myself or I won't ask for help. And the thing is, that's a program running underneath. That's a belief system I've got, and I don't recognize it until later. I don't recognize that I didn't reach out. I don't recognize that I just went completely under the radar because at the time all I want to do is go into my cave, and that's it. Um, Welcome, Phoebe. We have lovely people watching. Guys, please do share comments please ask philip any questions you may have if you would like to ask a question but you don't want your name uh mentioned on there just start it with anonymous and that's that's perfectly fine so here we are we're understanding that the difference between sadness and depression how to turn up for someone in a support capacity without putting any pressure or expectation on them, without asking for anything in return, it is that turning up. And I want to really acknowledge what you've said there, Philip. Just keep turning up.
0: Yes. Thank you. Um, Now, there are lots of... um, a little more dull, nitty-gritty stuff to talk about when it comes to depression, the more physical side, uh, but I think it's it can be very, very powerful to understand what's happening in your own body, physiologically speaking. So if we could spend just a little bit of time talking about things like brain chemistry and body chemistry, hopefully we can help people to understand some of the behaviours that happen inside their brain, which can lead to these negative thoughts, negative feelings, and start that spiral. Um, Perfect Most of the people I talk to don't know too much about body chemicals and the way they normally work on the body. We hear a lot of talk about body chemicals when people talk about drug addiction. Uh, People get addicted to things like speed, which is related to uh, your your dopamine overload, and people get addicted to ecstasy and MDMA, which is related to your serotonin and your endorphin overload. But these are naturally occurring body chemicals. and They're all part of our regular healthy functioning Even the, what you might consider a more negative body chemical, which is cortisol, which is produced when we feel stress and does act on the body as a bit of a poison, which is something we have to be aware of. It's also part of our normal uh, daily function. And in the morning, when you wake up, your body will give you a, a dose of cortisol to stress you into waking up. And it is part of you, but it's just a dose. So by the time you've gone to bed that night, you should easily have burned that through. Uh, obviously, if you wake up and you've already got that dose of cortisol, and the first thoughts in your head are, oh no, I've got to face this day again. Oh, I've got all this to do. Oh, I've got to see that person. They probably hate me. Now you've just doubled or tripled the amount of cortisol you're feeding yourself. Um, that then it takes about half an hour of exercise to process one dose of cortisol. So if you keep feeding cortisol to yourself, your body can't process it. That will have negative effects physically on your body. So now your body doesn't feel very good. Your energy is going down, your immune system's not working so well. So this is a, a thoughts have a physical reaction relationship. And when you're not feeling physically well, then your emotions drop. And can you see the spiral starting to come out here now? Our thoughts oh, yeah. and bad thoughts. I'm feeling physically ill. Now I'm feeling emotionally not so great. So that's now you start thinking, I'm getting sick, or this is yes. just my now. You're feeding yourself more cortisol, so you feel more worse physically, so you feel more worse emotionally, and down we go.
2: That makes so much sense. You know, I you I, you're just helping me understand how important exercise is at these times. And it's often the last thing we want to do. But it, mm. I remember now. I was really suffering through a relationship breakup many years ago and I just sobbed and sobbed. I couldn't stop crying. I was just anxious all the time. I felt like, Oh, look, it's all over. Not my life, but you know, Oh, how am I going to go forward? Now this relationship's over. And so I just kept walking. I'd go for a walk. I'd go for a walk. I'd go for a walk. Now I'm understanding the value of that choice, which I didn't understand at the time I'm walking off. Because I must have had so much cortisol going through my system. So I'm walking it off, walking it off.
0: It's fantastic. Not just to process the cortisol, but also because some of the other effects of those negative thought patterns are fight or flight. So if you, you think negatively and your brain goes, we need to fight for our life or run for our life, so then your physiology changes. I'm sure we've touched on this as well. Your heart rate increases your breathing increases, your body will start to flood your muscles with sugars because it thinks it's going to need those muscles ready to go. And walking is the easiest way to undo and process just to get back to regular physiology. If you sit still, then anxiety starts to happen because there's a, a dissonance or it's not making sense, right? Uh, my body's going, we need to run for our life, but nothing's happening. Hello, uh-huh.
2: anxiety. Yep. That's yeah, yeah. such a great, simple <laughs> explanation of a very complex bodily experience, which is affecting not just our body but our minds, you know, our emotions, our mental process, our, our physical being. This is very, this is great information, Philip. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, thank you. As I say, going for a walk, such a great idea, such a great yeah. idea.
2: Yeah, uh, Belinda's getting it too. She's just going, Wow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, great. And there's there's so much other things, like uh, I hope it's sunny when you can go outside for a walk. If it's not, that's a shame. But the power of 20 to 30 minutes of sun on the top of your head is amazing. Um, Obviously fresh. Sun
2: on the top of your head.
0: Sun on the top of your head. Okay. Uh, there are also other people who swear by wearing bare feet on grass to get connected to the earth. Yeah. It may work for you, it may not, but some people would absolutely swear by, oh, you've got to get connected to the earth um, mm-hmm. if it wants to be fantastic. All of these just such little things that don't involve committing to a gym session or having to involve anybody else. Uh, you could get outside and put some music on. You don't have to talk to you. You'd shut out the world, but just start moving and start yeah doing that negative process yeah.
2: yeah yeah look we've got phoebe saying this is so interesting exclamation exclamation um belinda says great understanding so already we can see can't we philip that what you're sharing or what we're sharing today is a value to people which is brilliant for us uh, yeah belinda says connecting with mother earth absolutely um, this is what's so valuable to us it's it's not about a popularity thing we're so um delighted to share what matters to people you can see you matter in the world so we care about what matters to you what matters to you matters to us on angel heart radio so thanks for your feedback everyone this is brilliant for us
0: Mm. um and one last thing when we're talking about things that can get us outside of our negative spiral is things you can do in private that bring you joy. Um, So I love to, I love to play guitar and sing my guts out, but I don't like doing it in front of people. (laughs) I, I like doing it for me. Um, sometimes yeah. I think I sound fantastic. Most of the time it's terrible, but if no one's <laughs> around, who cares? I,
2: I do it in the car, belt out of tune in the car, and I'm like Mariah Carey, you know, or in fact, you know, no, hey, it's it's not
0: I, I always feel a hundred times better after that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, it just works for me. Yeah. Maybe it's just uh, an honest expression. Maybe it's doing something creative. Always people say creative outlets, whatever they are. Anytime you do something creatively, you always tap straight into your subconscious. Some of the most effective types of therapy are done. It always involves drawing pictures. As soon as the imagination is engaged, the subconscious is talking to you. So anything creative, whatever it is, especially if it's done in private where there's no pressure or expectation, latch onto that, explore it, and set yourself time regularly to enjoy it if you can.
2: Absolutely. I could not agree more. Amy, thank you, Amy. Amy asks, how would you ad- address the impossible task? I'll start again. How would you address the impossible task uh, condition where a depressed person struggles to the point of paralysis with making themselves do even the t- small- smallest tasks, like getting out of bed or simple self-care, etc.
0: Uh, It tends to fall into the category of all or nothing thinking, which is something I see in a lot of people, especially these days. At some point, we have adopted this expectation that if I'm going to do it something, I have to do it 100%, or it has to be perfect, or or there's no point even trying. Um, So correct me if I'm wrong, but tell me if this is your experience where If you feel like you have to do something and you have to do everything because you have to, then it has to be done to a certain standard and it has to be done now and it has to be done perfectly or there's no point even starting. Um, Isn't it funny how we we get these expectations on ourselves? which if you actually stop and go, let's just see what reality has to say about that. Do I have to do it 100%? Or if I did it 20%, would that be good enough? Most of the time, 20% would be good enough. Um, Getting out of bed can start with sitting up in bed. Taking a moment. You could just go, what do my walls look like today? Are they different? I don't know. Maybe I should just inspect them for a little while. And that there's there tends to be some expectation behind these, I don't want to get out of bed. So I'd be looking for those. And if you're if you're brave enough, feel free to share or yeah, tell me if I'm on the right path as well.
2: Mm. Yeah, so I'm just making some uh, replies in in the comments. Uh, Amy, what I'd like to know, and thank you for that question, that is a brilliant question. I have been in that place. I couldn't get off the couch for three months um, when mum and dad died. So what I'd like to know is, as Philip said, is this addressing that for you? Can Philip go further with it? Can he explore it more? let us know how we can support you on that because sometimes it really is a very difficult thing to make those small things happen. Getting out of bed, um, having a shower, eating can be very difficult. Uh, when you're right in those depths of depression, Philip. So I'm not quite sure how how do we then, say it's a loved one, how do we support them when we can't seem to support them in those circumstances?
0: I I would always start by looking for those all or nothing thinking um, because people might think, oh, it's too hard just to get out of bed. But behind that, there is often a... I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to go here, I've got to achieve all this. There's this big list of expectations that are, that are already pressing so much on their ego and their self-worth. And so what we do then is the subconscious will make it so hard even to get out of bed, we've removed the opportunity to fail. And this mm. protects us from having to face that day. Can't face the day, can't fail. Simple as that. Protecting yeah. our ego.
2: Okay, so um, Amy says, um, not necessarily, for example, I may see that the paper towel roll needs changing. Normally, it would take five seconds. But when depressed, I can stare at that roll for 15 minutes before I can make myself get up. If I, if I can make myself um, just do it.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so I'd be interested to hear about what else is happening in your life Um, Mm. because obviously you're probably not very angry with a paper towel roll (laughs) yeah Yeah, right if you're if you're finding some resistance to do even very small things there would be a a challenge that's behind all that which is causing you to want to retreat from the world as a whole so i would be wondering what's what's the big challenge what's the big question there that you're having trouble answering which is starting Mm. to get started to bring your walls of your universe in a little too close so that everything feels too much of a
2: challenge. Okay, so um, for me, Belinda says small goals. For me, one of the things, I don't know whether this will help you, Amy, but one of the things I've learned to do and belinda's just sharing again which i'll come to thank you belinda one of the things i've learned to do amy is look when i've been in that situation look at the paper towel roll for example and say how close to the top if i can put one thing or two things or three things on my list for today is that on the list no it's not i don't care about the paper towel roll what's on my list have a shower eat um maybe you know do my hair brush it it might be that it might be go and sit in the sun um, as one of those things. It's the, as Belinda said, small goals. And Belinda says she writes everything down to release it from her brain and action it when I can. That's really a good point, Belinda, get it out of my head. Cause it's the fixation, isn't it? I can't, I can't do that paper. towel. It's looking at me. I know I need to do it. What's wrong with me? I should be doing that. It's a small thing. Why can't I do it? So, you know, write it on a piece of paper and go, that's it. I don't care about it. Boom, it's in the bin. Recycle
0: it. Yeah, fantastic. Well done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. I feel edified. I'm sure I'm going to be able to use that to, to bless somebody else as well. Um, And something something else that's happened, which um, somebody I really respect shared, which got them through difficult areas in their life, which which may or may not be relevant to you, Amy, so apologies if it's not. But even the little things which we feel are so insignificant, um, and yet we put such a huge value on it for some reason, such as changing the paper towel. When did this become the most challenging thing I'm going to do today? Um, Even just the smallest thing, if we just do that to honor our higher power, I'm going to just do this little, I'm going to do the dishes and I'm going to do a good job because I want to honor the person who gave me dishes to do. I have, a, I have a home. I have a family to look after. I'm going to do this to honor those blessings. I'm going to change the paper towel roll to say, thank you to my higher power that I have paper towels. I'm going to change that. I'm going to give that away. It's not for me anymore. It's not for my family. It's to honor my higher power, to get closer to mm-hmm.
2: my. That's a great point. Um, Amy says she just wants us to know this is not her personal current situation, but one she faces with loved ones. Okay. Um, so maybe divert to look. This is Amy again. Maybe divert to look at what can be done rather than force the paper towel roll. Yes. Love that. And we'll try that. Awesome. Brilliant. Love it. Um, uh, Belinda says yes. And Belinda also says I deserve my home to be a sanctuary. That's another great point. So let's say everyone that half of you or some of you are really relating to the higher power thing, which I personally do. If you're not relating to that, just disregard that. You may find that that doesn't feel conducive to you. And if it doesn't, let it go, right? We offer. We don't push. Um, But I love that deservability. I deserve my home to be a sanctuary. See, I can do that as well. It's like, oh, I don't have to wash those dishes again. I don't have to vacuum the flipping floor again. I'm not depressed. But even those small things can feel overwhelming some days when they feel like there are 50 million things on my list. It's always because I've made my list too long, Philip. I'm not focusing on what really matters for Mm. me.
0: Yeah, and I'm um, so good at that. I'd go the <laughs> the go, Where did my time go? But if you ask yourself, hang on, I scheduled my day, who am I complaining to? I'm complaining to me. What have I done? Yeah. But we and, do, we, we take on sorry. too much. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing. Often on those days, it's because I've spent too much time on social media. Because hmm. social media is awesome. Hey, we're here on social media media, live streaming right this second but when social media becomes your whole focus or a big part of the focus of your day that's the question to ask why sometimes so we don't have to face what else is going on we don't have to look at the paper towel we don't have to do those dishes because that's what i find i do oh belinda says she's doing the dishes now while listening (laughs) you so rock um (laughs) It's, it. it's, such,
0: it's such a great point, though, and they are behind every addiction is a clue to what you're missing or avoiding. Yeah. Uh, someone comes into my clinic and says, I'm addicted to ice. I can say straight away, well, then you're missing dopamine. Let's treat your motivation issues. If someone says I'm addicted to marijuana, you say, oh, you're that. the problem is your thinking pattern because marijuana switches off your inner monologue. And if you're addicted to social media, in the same way, it's telling you what you're missing. You're either addicted to comparing yourself to other people, making sure you're keeping up with the Joneses, or you're addicted to procrastinating, which again is a self-protection method. I'm afraid to try things. My self-esteem is too low. I'll procrastinate and then, oh, my day's gone. Oh, too bad. I'll try again tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so true, Um, because that's always procrastination for me. Oh, I just need to create some artwork for something. (laughs) You do. Uh, I just better go and check Angel Heart Radio. I'm not quite sure if I've, you know, sort of really noticed what people are saying. It's all that stuff. Whereas when I'm focused and haven't got a great big list to do on the day, so I'm not avoiding anything by putting too much on my list in the first place, first clue, I get so much achieved and it's with ease and grace. Hmm. So I think the other point here to point out everyone, and this is very important. I can't stress how important this is, is don't get heavy on yourself. Don't give yourself a hard time because that is another way of avoiding, but it also then starts triggering all our guilt patterns and guilt will never help us move forward it will always keep us anchored in the past mm.
0: very good very good mm. um, so i don't want to spend too long on body chemicals if any people have more information they'd like about body chemicals they can always post a question or they, they can contact us on the website later um, yep. for now yep. I, i'd like to and especially like to spend some time talking with you and Aya about this is about resilience okay. um, yeah, so resilience is a subject that's come up a lot in, in my work, um, especially when I was I was in New Zealand about four or five years ago doing group therapy for people who were long-term unemployed. And the bulk of these people obviously were 18 to 30-year-olds. To and the one common theme that came up with these people who were consistently avoiding life was a lack of resilience. And we know that these patterns are increasing so on mass young people more and more and more each generation are getting less and less resilience uh which is where we get these conversations like uh like millennials oh millennials are so lazy how do we get them to work how do we get them out of the house well they have no resilience so they'll get to a job it'll get hard and they'll go i can't do this yep i've been talking instant
2: gratification
0: yeah or i don't see an easier way out i can't just do this and I'll get the same result. So, oh, it's too hard and they'll just fold. And I keep saying to these people, man, you, you've had your resilience taken from you or at some point it was supposed to be given to you and you missed out. Yeah, What's happened there? How come? Why Why do people of the previous generations inherently have better or more resilience than the later generations do? Mm. So your thoughts on that? Because I'd be very interested to hear your experience with the mm. subject.
2: Thank you. It's a really interesting question, and it's it's a brilliant a brilliant question actually, Philip, because I can feel when I'm I am f- experiencing that resilience, and when I'm not. So when I'm experiencing that resilience, I am not looking for an instant fix. You know, like for example, you know, um, you know, when I was younger a million years ago um you know you know we had a glory box in those days so you know you'd get you know you'd over time you'd build it up so that when we left home or got married in my case got married because it was really interesting for just two years between my sister and I but completely different expectations I never expected to have a job or um you know share a flat or a house with anybody I just thought well I'll get married that's what you do So the resilience there was over time you build it up instead of saying, well, I want it all and I want it now um, because they are two different experiences. So the resilience of, of slowly building something over time, whereas the resilience, the lack of resilience saying, well, I want it now, how can I get it all now? How many loans can I take out or whatever? Which is not a judgment, everyone, right? This is it, we're talking about experience here. All experience will teach us something very, very valuable if we're open to the learning. So, And I've been in both places. I want it all. I want it right now. How can I get it? Because I want that instant fix. I want to feel better now. It's not really that I want the thing now. I've bought stuff, you know, through the period of time after mum and dad died. I bought these really, I mean, really expensive clothes that I don't wear because I don't even like them but I felt better at the time and it took me a long time to understand that what I was doing was the particular shop, there was an older lady there that paid attention to me and it wasn't a sales boy, she was just a lovely woman and I was missing that with my mum. I was missing the time with my mum, right? So it took me a long time to get that. And then I went through, oh, my God, I can't believe I wasted all that money. Oh, my. And then I had to deal with the guilt of that and then take that pressure off myself. So it's a journey. Right. But the resilience coming from learning how to, you know, I mean, we'd put a, you know, a cloth over some boxes for a table. Right. And that was fine. And then eventually you got a table. Woo-hoo, I got a table. Or if you need an instant fix right now, that's not going to be good enough. It's not going to make you feel like you're going anywhere. It's that feeling of I matter enough to have this environment as opposed to I matter anyway, regardless of my environment. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: that's well put.
2: They're very distinctive things and that is tricky to understand because they are under the radar feelings and it's only for me through the years of of of, i'm going to call it self-improvement for want of a better term in this moment but please hear me there's nothing wrong with you you don't need to improve yourself it's improving our understanding of things through all of that for oh so many years you've got no idea and one of the things that really helped me, Philip, was a 12-step program I, was, I went to for a couple of years, and that was EA Emotions Anonymous. And that was so good for me because suddenly I was in an environment where I could tell the truth about what was going on for me, even if my truth was I feel awful and I don't know why, and nobody rushed in to try to fix me. Nobody judged me. People heard me. And I wasn't feeling heard anywhere else, even in the privacy of my own mind. So, you know, you just somehow, I just somehow found a way. It just felt right at the time. It just grabbed my attention. So I followed it through and I went and I was terrified because I was nothing like I am now. I didn't have the resilience then that I have now at all. And I was just so terrified, but something just kept urging me to go. And it was one of the best decisions I ever made.
0: Mm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Certainly um, for my experience um, for most of my life, I haven't considered myself to be very resilient and um, I would compare myself to my, my parents, my father and my stepmother, who are both noted people in the New Zealand Air Force because they've been so wildly successful in their roles. And it, um, for me, it made success feel quite unattainable. Uh, so I got into a lot of self-defeating subconscious behaviours, which made me view success as, because it was unattainable, it was instantly an enemy because nobody wants to try for success and fail. Yep. Which, which presented in lots of different ways. It presented in me uh, procrastinating, definitely. Um, yeah. I would uh, avoid situations where I would make money, and then if I came to money, I would give it away. i take my friends out and get them all drunk. <laughs> I did the
2: or, same or, or, thing. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it was all because I was terrified on a subconscious level of being successful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but until And never
2: measuring up to what our idea of success is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. But, again, that's the all or nothing thinking playing out. If I can't be 100% successful and and surpass the achievements of my parents, no point trying.
2: Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's such a good point. It's just like my head's just going boom, boom. (laughs) All these connections are being made right now for me personally. Thank you.
0: So here I am, you know, uh, in my 40s now. And having had enough time to be humble enough to go, to if all I can do is go to my client's house, my client has an elderly mother, and I can take the blanket that she washed yesterday and hang it on the line. Um, the amount of significance I get from these tiny, tiny activities far surpasses anything I've done in the business world. And I'm so grateful for this renewed understanding. Um, but at the same time, it's come from, allowing other people to be financially successful because I've got lots of financially successful friends. Great. Fantastic. Um, I can't do business anymore. It does my head and, um, and understanding that my place in the world, I've been put here to do small, but significant things. And then I can give those away to my higher power. And believe me when I say that I am blessed for doing that and accepting my role in the world. And I have such peace about my life now. That's uh, it's such a relief. And it's so difficult to communicate these concepts, especially to younger people. And I, perhaps it's because you just can't. You can't say, "Here are my twenty years of experience, knowledge dump." There you go. Don't make my mistakes.
2: Exactly. Exactly. There's no such thing as secondhand experience.
0: No unfortunately <laughs> you
2: know, and that's the journey isn't it that's where it's just allowing it and that's letting that be okay that that person has to have their own journey they've got to gain their own experience and any parent will tell you that
0: but here's here's the, here's the irony and here's where it comes full circle it's only when you allow yourself to experience uh, a process and go through frustration yourself that you build resilience so even if I could knowledge dump on someone I would be robbing them of resilience and all I'd be doing is leaving them weaker for it you can't knowledge dump resilience you can only learn it by experiencing frustration
1: yep so
2: true that is such a great point um because you know with the people that we love we want to you know save them from making mistakes right that's a common thread throughout you know every every family i've ever known every friendship i've ever been in you know i you know i just i'll just have to give them this this understanding they're not listening why aren't they listening why don't they pay attention i can't tell them even louder <laughs> You know, I've got friends that know very well what I'm talking about because I've done it to them. Uh, To Beth, you being one of them, my love, I apologize humbly. Um, But the thing of it is we then have this wonderful opportunity where, you know, your friends stick with you and you stick with yourself because it's always a two-way street as well, right? In friendship, there's always both sides on the mirror. You know, there's always a bit of give and a bit of take. But it's the give that grows so much if, if we're willing to go through that journey um, that grows and eventually, in my experience anyway, outweighs the take because you have that humbleness. You have that genuine care and that capacity. There's your resilience right there within your friendship. And you mm. care about that person and you want You want to be in their life and it's not a matter of I want to be in your life no matter what, so you can treat me terribly, but you care enough not to gob off at them, not to say, well, you're doing that wrong. Oh, have you thought about doing it this way? Sometimes (laughs) it's enough to say, I understand.
0: Yeah. And doesn't that highlight uh, one of the most effective ways to support people when they are going through something difficult or they are being sad for a long time they're facing depression is the best way we can try to help them is to not fix their problems Mm. but to support them enough to experience and dare i say survive their frustration because once they've survived it once they've gone through it they will be stronger for it and then they guaranteed will help you do the same thing at some point soon Uh, it'll come
2: absolutely and that becomes a really powerful journey um and the thing of it is when I said before you know I understand sometimes we don't understand what they're going through at all I understand that something's happening for you I just want you to know that I care about it if I can help in any way let me know it's enough because you're letting them go through their own thing you know I've had friends (laughs) you guys have had this too i've had friends that say i'm so sorry i'm so sorry i haven't been in touch for so long you know like i've oh, been so much. it's like it's okay i'm not i'm not attached to that stuff that's not what my friendship with you is about
0: yeah you know, yeah i'm yeah. here in the
2: background you're there in the background yeah, eventually we catch up and that's a blessing yeah i've yeah. had other friends i had another friend once say to me well i just rang you to tell you i'm not upset with you and i said well why is that and she said, um, because you, because I rang you last time and you haven't rung me in six weeks. <laughs> so I said, and this is because I'd learned quite a bit by then, and I just said, you know what, that's okay. You're entitled to have your feelings and I'm going to leave those with you to sort out. <laughs> I could, you know? Yes, thank
0: you very much for the guilt trip. Um, I'm not going to take that. No, but Uh, that's
2: okay because I could see that she didn't know how to say to me at that time, you know, I'm feeling that you haven't paid any attention to me or to our friendship and I've done my part. Why haven't you done yours? So from her perspective, that's what it was. From my perspective, I could see that she was being passive-aggressive and putting the guilt out there. It was up to me whether i pick it up or not. Yes. So that's why I chose to say, that's okay. You're entitled to have your own feelings and I'm not going to try and take those from you.
0: Mm. And despite I'll the
2: fact that.
0: that she is asking your relationship to be conditional, i.e. you got to reach out to me too. You can still meet that relationship with unconditional. So like, you know what? We're talking. I love you. Great.
2: Yep, exactly. I mean, the time came when she said, I just don't want to be friends with you anymore. Um, I don't feel I can be authentic with you. And that really, I was really hurt about that. And I really thought about it. I thought maybe I should have, maybe. I should And then I realized, well, actually, no, it's, it's the reason, the season, the lifetime. Our season is done. And I'm so grateful for everything that we've shared together. She was a loving, kind friend to me. And I trust I was a loving, kind friend to her. So I don't want to sort of end things by saying, well, I'm pointing my finger at you. No, well, that's okay. You know, Belinda says, um, I went talking about when we're unconditional, you know, we haven't caught up like, you know, like we said we were going to, or I haven't rung you in a while, or, you know, that kind, those kinds of conditions. She said, That's us now. And it's so true. How many times, Belinda, have we said, Okay, we're going to get together and do this, that, or the other? And one of us needs to ring and say, Well, you know, I, I need to, I need to, um, you know, change those plans. I'm sorry, I can't be there. And that's okay with us, isn't it? Like we don't, that's fine. That's life. And she said, but I had the same recently, but I also didn't take that on either. And that's so cool. There's a time when certain friendships are going to end. And that's that's resilience right there by letting them end without saying, well, you know, they were just a terrible friend. So, you know, Bless them into your life. life.
0: And they choose to leave, bless them out of your life.
2: Exactly. They're not terrible friends at all. They're the best friend they can be.
0: Yep, for sure.
2: And it just doesn't work for you anymore or for them. That's okay. They're butterflies. They can fly free. You're a butterfly.
0: If they're doing the right thing for them, they will reap very, very positive consequences. If they're doing the wrong thing for them, they'll reap their negative consequences. You don't have to own any of that. You can just be in charge of your own consequences.
2: Exactly, we are all learning in our own way. So mm. this is a great conversation. And okay, so bringing us back into depression. See, this is how when we are experiencing our relationships and ourselves with some type of balance, the depression doesn't set in. But when we're depressed, when when we are experiencing, using that same example, my friend said she couldn't be authentic with me anymore. What have I done? Which is what I did. Or maybe I should have done something different. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Because I changed my name to Anaya, right? And she wanted to keep calling my old name. And she said, you don't mind, do you? And I thought, well, I do. I said, well, you know what? Actually, I do because it's not my name. And she couldn't cope with that. And then I thought, oh, maybe I should just said, i oh, just keep calling me that name. I mean, she may as well call me Samford. It just doesn't connect with me anymore. You know, and it's being true to ourselves. So there's resilience.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's a good example of resilience is allowing the frustration of those expectations that that person put on you to just pass. Yeah, I don't need your approval. I don't need your relationship. I can bless you coming in. I can bless you going out and I'll be just fine.
2: And that's where we don't take the path of sadness and depression. I was still very sad because she meant a lot to me. But it's okay to be sad. Sadness is a good thing. Sadness tells us something. It's
0: just a natural process, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. But when we say I can't feel sad, I've got to do something to stop feeling sad, which is a natural response if, if it's triggering other things in us. That's when I feel depression can grow as well because suddenly we've got to find ways to stop that feeling. It takes a lot of courage to let the feeling just sit and be okay that you feel that way. That takes huge courage.
0: Mm.
2: Mm. But we're courageous people, right? All of us, you're watching, you're listening, you're a courageous person. Why else are you here?
0: Hmm. not to mention that you are already the best qualified person on planet earth right now to reach someone in just the way they need to be reached
2: (laughs) yeah exactly no one can do what you can do in the way that you've come to do it same for me same for philip same for us all so sometimes it's 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 moving away from the human beingness sorry the human doingness being a human doing and just being a human being just being in the human experience is a big deal and the more you have on your list the busier we are because you know we are avoiding that's when things start can really, that pyramid can start to topple. You know, we're balancing on that very tip, you know, and then the whole thing can just crumble underneath us and we're just amongst the rubble. That's a tough place to be. And a lot of us, I've been in that place. It's it's not necessarily an easy place to move out of, but there is a lot to be gained from finding really good support while you are going through it without anybody trying to fix you, but the support of someone who can, and we don't always have someone in our lives, Philip, do we, that can do that, play that role, that can sit and hear us without trying to fix us.
0: Yes, unfortunately, it can be quite rare. Um, But then help us out there, you know, Anaya is there for you.
2: As is oh, Philip Rogue Therapies here on Facebook. Is, is it roguetherapies.com or.com.au? Com. Rogue Therapies.com. Don't spell it rouge like I was. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm <laughs> not, be, that, that's not, my not, not get emails, right? <laughs> but yeah, so Rogue Therapies. There are many, many places to go. 12 step programs, as I mentioned. Can be so incredibly valuable. Rogue therapy is here on Facebook. You know, Philip's a great player. As you've seen over the months now, we've been uh, presenting um, with Carol and I, with Philip and myself with Philip, and Carol and I again when Carol back. You've had a good chance now to really connect in with Philip and see just, you know, what sort of stuff he's really made of. So um, please do go and like the page and just get connected because you never know what you're going to see. That's going to be just that little bit of support you need that day, even if you don't reach out. Um, Always, Belinda a says,
0: "chat and a little message." Yeah,
2: yeah. See, look at that already. Boom, you're flying. <laughs> you got the pass. Um, Belinda says, <laughs> "Just knowing someone is there." And after your comment, I'm going to use. The, you know, I don't. I don't say even soft swearing but i'm going to today she says bloody awesome (laughs) such an aussie expression that's bloody awesome that is (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so rogue therapies here on facebook so uh, just a quick reminder everyone that philip's new usual time is the third monday of each month Mm -hmm. in the usa on that timeline which is the third tuesday in australia on this timeline Um, because now Philip has work commitments on his on the other spot on our usual show day, which was Fridays in Australia. So, you know, mark that in your diaries. And if you have anything you want us to discuss, let us know. We would be more than happy to support you in that way. Right, Philip?
0: Very much so. Yes, please.
2: Excellent. So, you know, Philip and I have been talking about this topic of depression so there are lots of different avenues we really want to also come back with another program and talk about things like postnatal depression um pt ptsd is that it, yeah, <laughs> Post- it
0: <yeah.
2: laughs> okay thank you <laughs> yes <yeah. laughs> we, you know we want to support you and we are also going to do a program on suicide um to support people and also families and friends and loved ones who do have someone who have left the planet through suicide we really want to support you in lots of different ways so this is going to be a little bit of a series around these topics for you over the over the next couple of months and we trust that that's going to be a really great support to you
0: yes and thank you everybody for uh turning up Uh, contributing and being brave enough to have these difficult discussions with us, which should never be hidden nor left behind or not discussed.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm going to put a couple of links on the information for this particular live stream so that you can go and explore if you need some support with depression yourself please reach out it's very important the longer you stay hidden away the harder it might feel yet there's a lot of support available and if we can support you in any way um, if it's too hard to go to google i can't deal with it all all that information let us know we will get you some links right we will support you this is not a one-off deal we will support you. Um, okay, Belinda says, thanks so much. I'd love to talk about issues that happened as a child. Childhood issues. I'm writing that down right now, Bell. And if there's anything in particular that you want us to discuss, let us know within that topic um, and we will definitely do that for you. Thank you so much. See what happens when you ask everybody? All of a sudden, the doors begin to open. It's wonderful, Philip. Mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Philip, as always.
0: Thank you. And uh, always, always a pleasure to be here with you. And thank you, everybody else as well. Always a pleasure to be here with you
2: all as well. Brilliant. Thank you. And thank you, thank you so much for joining in. Thank you, everyone in the comments section today, sharing and caring. It's been brilliant for watching, even if you haven't, commented we we know you've been there and we really love having you with us um remember that this will also be a podcast angel heart radio is everywhere around the world on all your favorite platforms so it will be going up uh either later on today or tomorrow as a podcast so you know we've got lots of different ways that you can You can tune into us. Thank you, Belinda. Thank you, everyone. Lots of love. Take good care and remember to be kind to you. The value of kindness for others is magnificent. And the value of kindness for you is so important because when you fill yourself up with kindness and love and care, you actually then become stronger, gain more resilience over time, and you will have more to share with others.
1: Stay, uh, stay safe, everyone. Lots of love, and we'll see you soon.
2: <laughs>
1: You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools. They are not intended, nor should they be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views and opinions expressed by Angel Heart Radio hosts, guests, co-hosts and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.